0: This is the Book Riot Podcast. It's a weekly news and talk show about what's new, cool, and worth talking about in the world of books and reading. I'm Jeff O'Neill. She is Rebecca Shinsky. We're recording on Wednesday, May 5th, 2021. And today is our summer preview draft.
1: I am out for vindication.
0: We've got a lot to talk about before we get started here, because I've got several concerns I need to address.
1: (laughs) Are you concerned you're going to lose this time?
0: I'm concerned... I will not win fairly because this, because we talked explicitly about how everyone wrote in to say, boy, I thought of Rebecca was going to win. I usually like Rebecca stuff better. I'm worried about the sympathy vote poisoning otherwise. The
1: sympathy vote. A, 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 a,
0: a, an otherwise pure and fair test I, of strength. I
1: think that um, by sympathy, what you mean is people like me and I make good choices.
0: The narrative for that to be true is that everyone <laughs> accidentally voted for me last time. They got confused <laughs> and said, you know what? So I'm concerned people are coming back to say, you know what? I really feel bad about Jeff's clear and decisive victory last time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> are you just, you're just you like advance rating on my parade. Here. But
0: see, then if we're both wet, then we're both evil. <laughs> That's the thing. I'm a little concerned. What?
1: Maybe we shouldn't take votes this time if you can't handle it.
0: Oh, I can handle it. Oh, I can handle it. I'm going to be a very <laughs> you know, great winner and extremely terrible loser.
1: Well, as is the custom here on the, is is the Riot custom
0: Riot. on the Book Riot Podcast.
1: <laughs> no one here is a good loser, yeah, and a that's just fine. magnanimous winner.
0: <laughs> And t- just a sordidly gross loser.
1: You know, I took control this time. I made the draft list. I would like to talk
0: about this too. I would like to talk about your obvious honey pots for me. You dropped into <laughs> this thing.
1: Look, I know you.
0: Look, I know in the Hebrew alphabet, Jehovah starts with an I. For those of you who get that reference. I'm not stepping on the J. I'm not stepping on it. I might step on the other letter. I d- the thing is... The problem is is that you and Michelle and my daughter are all smarter than I am. You can, you'll show me you'll make one trap so obvious I won't see the other one. That's my problem.
1: <laughs> well, you know, this list Look is... how
0: smart I am. I see the trap. Whap. I get hit from it the side. Clever noticeably... girl from the side, from the side.
1: <laughs> Life finds a way, my friend. Life finds a way. It's uh it's noticeably lacking like five really wonky business books. Mm-hmm. So, I'm sorry about that.
0: I also have a point of order for a future draft, and I'm not sure. <laughs> This is interesting to you. We do that. So what? What we did last time is last time I populated the uh, the board of available picks. This time Rebecca did. Mm-hmm. I think next time it would require extra work. I think we should come in blind. There should oh. be no shared list. Okay. Because I had I would have included some other things, which I think makes it interesting. Because I I'd be I'd be interested. It's like the real NFL. They don't tell you these are only 100 people you can pick. You, you That's got the true. Whole, You got all. You got all 18 year olds that you know hit people any eight, hard to pick.
1: Theoretically from. any 18-year-old in the world. That's can.
0: right. They could you could have picked some you could have picked <laughs> me at 18, would have been a waste of a pick. But uh I, I declare myself just a thought because there mm-hmm. were some things mm-hmm. again, I'm not quibbling with your list necessarily, it just occurred to me that there's a like maybe the I don't know how much of my list would have overlapped, but it would have been funny mm-hmm. to have like I didn't know about that or I thought yeah. about that or gas, I, I don't know. I thought that would be a fun element You know, too, I mean, the,
1: the list is made for quibbling, but Also our next one will be the big fall books preview. And that is a I think that is the right season in which to come in blind. Yeah. And that's right. See what we can see.
0: We haven't talked about this list at all to this point. My 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 first blush, and again, even if I'd swapped out my three or four, you know, ones I would have for sure put on here, I don't think this quote unquote strength of the list would have changed. Am I is it kind of a weak list? Am I am I looking at this wrong? I don't feel like it's as strong as we've seen before, but maybe I'm biased because you, know, you came up with it and I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm horribly terrible.
1: I went back and looked at the list we had for the spring one. Yeah. And I think they're pretty okay. even. I think This year is not a year with a bunch of big... It doesn't feel to me, at least, like there's a bunch of big, flashy Mm -hmm. books so far. Maybe we will get some in the fall. There are some books on this list I'm excited about, and there are some books on this list that I've read already.
0: Yeah. I haven't read any of these. I've read like, yeah, zero. Yeah. Uh,
1: But I think it's it's like it feels like kind of an average spring book
0: season. I guess the last one we had, the Lahiri we had Andy Weir, we had the big Kristen Hannah, so we had like three I think yeah, all you know, of those are bigger sellers than any well not not the Lahiri but maybe. like for, we don't have like a shared wheel is there a shared wheelhouse real book really on here not particularly not really like I there's think, some authors we like together but we're not like oh there's our pit yeah anyway, anyway, that's true that and maybe
1: the i think maybe we need to redraw the seasons because if may i
0: agree i was thinking about that too
1: if if this were may june july yeah i think the list would have been juicier
0: because then we pick up and, andy weir then we pick up Lingerie. right
1: yeah and the big new maggie shipstead which yeah, came out the great Circle, which we
0: didn't talk about on the draft it's for this so year good. i'm gonna read that this summer yeah I, i'm gonna read that this summer it's
1: sure. really great it's it's really really good oh. um yeah, I think maybe the spring books preview is like March, April, May.
0: I think that's right. May May we're they're releasing summer reading stuff. I think you're yeah, I think you're right. I think you're, so, right. I think so, you're right. absolutely right about spring that.
1: Spring is really February, March, April. Yeah. Summer is May, June, July. Nothing happens in August in no. publishing. And then the fall books preview is September, October, first part of first November. First part of
0: November and that's that's basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what? That's seconded. Chairs passed. All right, we're including May into the the sp- January through May will be our spring.
1: Oh no, May was in the the last one.
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. January through April will be our yes. our spring. May through August is our summer, and then September, October, mm-hmm. and whatever whatever yeah. we pick up in the rest is
1: fall. We'll go I think there. That's okay. The plan. And we'll All right. and then
0: for next in the fall we're going to come up with our own lists. <laughs> we're each gonna we're each gonna navigate Edelweiss like animals. <laughs> Listen, every t- this is you get the, you get the participation trophy for <laughs> wrangling. This this shouldn't be this hard to do.
1: It should not.
0: It should not be this hard to do. And
1: there was a point where I gave up on wrangling Edelweiss, and I went to Google. <laughs> Most wow, anticipated what an books
0: indictment of, of the publishing <laughs> industry,
1: <laughs> and I used some of our own new release index. I was going to say, how far book, does right? that go Insiders. out? I, I haven't
0: looked at it, it in a while.
1: It goes a couple of months out, so Not it's deep pretty ro- for us. It's pretty robust for May and June. Yeah. I think there's some of July. Um, So I got some. I had some good resources there. This did actually doing the research for this draft was a really fun day because it led to downloading a million galleys of things, and my reading has been fun since then.
0: That's really great.
1: But Um, yeah, I think this is a good plan we have.
0: And I guess we're going to be reading. Some of these things will be out by the time we're going to do a best books of the year so far. I've got a couple contenders already. I'm going to read. I think there's at least four books on the list I for sure will read myself I think okay. I think that's what my count but let's do our sponsor break and we'll get into
2: it today's episode is brought to you by Avid Reader Press It kind of gives Outlander meets Cloud Atlas or If the Time Traveler's Rife was written by Sally Rooney or Colson Whitehead. Make sure to check out The Ministry of Time by Kali Bradley. And thanks again to Avid Reader Press for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Greenleaf Book Group. No summer vacation should be without a great read. And I don't know about you, but I am partial to mysteries and thrillers for my
0: Okay. Rules of the game: There are twenty-four weirdly mm-hmm. titles on the <laughs> nice, nice round number. Uh, we're gonna pick what eight ten each? each, ten each. So okay, so yeah. four of them will not get selected. And the goal here is to pick the best basket of reading,
1: mm-hmm. right? Yeah. If we're building somebody's summer reading plan, so
0: and that unknown person likes books, and that's all we know about them, right? Right. Okay. So get ready. The In the show notes, I will break down by Rebecca and then the winner, who picked which books. That's how they'll be arranged. And then you can email us at podcast at com to let us know why you chose mine.
1: And I hate to do this, but I think since I made the list, you get to go first. I think
0: you're right. Oh, one quick thing before we do that. Um, can, I, can I do the couple ones I may have included, but I see why you do
1: Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. One, I think it has the biggest print run I saw. Now, maybe okay. I missed this. And I don't even know how to say this dude's name. So, this is a great start. <laughs> What's the guy that wrote The Silent Patient, Alex Michaelides? Is that yes. his name? Yes. Has a book coming out with a million copy print runs <laughs> oh, in holy May.
2: And moly. June. Okay.
0: So, if I would have done that, again, I won't read that book. But I think that would get our Kristen Hanna mm-hmm. spot. Because that we don't have anything on here that's in the million plus print run, as I saw. Not to my not, knowledge. Not to my not, not to your knowledge. Okay, <laughs> but my first pick. Oh, there was another one. Did I have another one? The woman who wrote *Migrations* has a new book coming out. Oh. So I think I would have I would have included that. I'm not sure I would have picked it, yes. but that one I would have included on here. All right. Okay. I think I think that's I think those those were the and that one had a three hundred. 250,000 print run, which is a pretty big deal for a literary fiction title, really. Mm-hmm. Um, migrations, people, people are still buying that book. I got it from my mom a while ago. Uh, anyway, all right, my all right. pick. Speaking of number, I think I'm, my pick is going to be what I think is the biggest, um, again, listed print run that I saw. And this would have been high on my personal board anyway. I am shocked to see that it's getting a 350,000 print run run. Do you know where I'm going with this? Do you have any Mm-mm. sense of where I'm going? No. Ashley Ford, Somebody's Daughter. <gasps>
1: I've read it already.
0: It's great, apparently. The blurbs mm. are amazing. It's good? It's good. Okay. I'm, I'm not surprised. For Ashley Ford, who's been a friend of the show over time, she's been on the show a couple times, she was on for Reading Lives. When she was doing her series on Audible, she came in and talked about that. We're horribly biased for her, I guess, whatever. We know her a little bit. Um, I knew that she's been working on this book for a while, as sometimes happened with the book. I think the blur and blurbs she's got a lot of friends in the industry there's like roxane gay and glennon doyle have really wonderful blurbs on it mm-hmm. take blurbs with a grain of salt actually blurbs are made of salt show title <laughs> um, <laughs> blurbs are indeed made of salt but the print run don't lie print run don't lie rebecca print run does it's not true. lie mm-hmm. it's a memoir ashley ford's a wonderful writer the, the the thing she talked about in reading lies god dang it I Turns out, she talked a lot about her life in books. And the thing that's at the core of this book, her father's been in jail most of her life, Mm -hmm. and that's on the table. It is the table, but it's it sounds like. And tell me if I'm wrong here. It's the it's the core around which this memoir is going to spin. Is that fair? Is that how this Mm -hmm. works? Okay. She's a wonderful writer. Hard no, you know she's in. The Roxanne Gay school of like radical transparency. I feel mm-hmm. like like you know even more than like confessional poets like Anne Sexton and stuff. Like we're in a, we're in a different era of openness and authenticity and confession is wrong because confession implies sin, right? And confession, right? But like here's the real shit, man, and here's what's really going down, and here's what I've where I failed. Here's my fa- here's the, here's the warts and all, and the good and the bad. She's a wonderful writer. Um, and I'm so glad to see that it looks like this is going to be a real thing. So I think this is your really well done, big feels, summer book of the year. And it is my number one draft pick, Rebecca Shinskey.
1: I am mad at you.
0: <laughs> I think we can end right there. But it's fine. I've just been yes. mad at you all week. Yeah, there you we go. Just did
1: Mom's Dance at Grads. That's right. Was mad at you for half of that <laughs> recording. It's fine.
0: Ross it's Book a- of Delights was... A real coup on that spot. What? Not to gloat, but to Such do it for a a minute. One anyway. Such so I got that. I got my number one overall draft pick.
1: You know, it's good. That's what, I think I've read six or seven of the ones on this list of 24, and mm-hmm. it's it, Somebody's Daughter is really excellent. I couldn't be happier for her. So I'm mad at you, but I'm happy for Ashley Ford.
0: Yes, I am too. I am
1: too. I'm starting with big, juicy novel that you read on the beach.
0: Okay. Oh, okay, okay. This might have been Malib- my one. I'm going with Malibu Rising
1: by Taylor Jenkins Reid. She's coming hot off of Daisy Uh, Jones and the Six.
0: Well, no, this is her debut novel, isn't it? (laughs) Malibu Rising?
1: Yeah. uh
0: (laughs) This is a hot ride. We should pay attention to her.
1: You got California. You have a family of four siblings who have had kind of a tumultuous life. And Mm -hmm. there are secrets. And there's a big party. And the whole story takes place over the 24 hours running up to and then after the big party and it is it just feels kind of decadent Mm. and juicy and I'm glad that I've read it already but I'm also sad for future Beach Rebecca not getting to read this on the beach. I think Mm. it's, I mean, it's like a perfect aquamarine cover with hot pink letters. If you were walking through an airport on your way to vacation, you'd be like, that is the book. That Mm. is what I'm going to read while I sit on the beach. It's wonderful and really fun it's exactly what I want to read going into summer when my brain is like hey guess what vacation (laughs) even Mm. if my body is not on vacation my brain wants to be and um Malibu Rising was I mean just excellent she tells a great story
0: it's a good pick that's at least my my chosen number two pick on the board I, I wait stop that does J. Courtney Sullivan have a book out this summer I don't think so okay she was on a pace there to make herself the, you know, like a pendulum. Yeah, like the, She had
1: one last summer. Like last the daffodils summer. coming back yeah.
0: every May with a, with a beach read. Um, that seems like it fills that. I'm going with the book, My Better Half, was most absorbed in the last 12 months. Mm. This author has a new book coming out. So look, I trust Michelle's taste implicitly. If I she's into a to book. I what it's
1: this is.
0: Casey McQuiston's new book, One Last Stop. <sighs> okay, her first, her debut novel, literally her debut novel for real, Red, White, and Royal Blue, came out two years ago now? What is time? I don't know. But it's a romance that was set in a political world. And Michelle actually liked the, the political imaginations more than she mm-hmm. – and she thought it was a good romance too, but she was actually more into it for that degree, but was really into it. I think one of the big breakout hits, um, also a wonderful beach read, one last stop is New York City – 20-something love story, except there's a time travel element. I feel like I'm going to – this feels like a spoiler-filled blurb, so I'm not going to do too much of that. Mm. I'm going more off the strength of red, white, and royal blue was a real crowd-pleaser. Summer is a crowd-pleasing pleaser. this is the crowd-pleasing time. This is yes. the, just like at the movies. You get the blockbusters. The fall is for awards. Actually, January and fall is when you put your – I'm going to you know be a finalist for the Penn Faulkner's debut International Fiction Award stuff out – this is, you're buying it, you're reading on the beach, you're reading in the hammock, you're reading on the plane, you're reading on the, you know, it's a, I'm doing a plane, trains, and automobiles thing from like a John Candy situation. But this is going to be the kind of thing that people are ready to do. It's going to be light. It's going to be fun. It's going to be what you're looking for to read during the summer. It comes out June 1st. Let's see. Is there any, are we doing publishers? No one cares. St. Martin's, St. Martin's Griffin, June 1st. Kind of on the long side, 432 pages. It's the yeah. only thing that gave me pause there. The red, white, and royal blue mm-hmm. was it, also was, on the long side. But
1: reads quickly.
0: Yeah. Also, I have to say, one of the most anticipated on the Amazon page includes uh, Book Riot's little blurb on hey. there too. What are you going to say? So there's me, Casey McQuiston's uh, One Last Stop is my number two pick. That's a,
1: that's a solid beach pick my next one, I'm staying in the land of fiction for a minute, mm. I think. I'm picking The Other Black Girl by oh. Zakiya Delilah Harris.
0: Now, can we talk about what you've told me about this? Because does this matter? I'm I'm surprised to hear this high, so talk I, to me about this. Okay,
1: yeah, so I finished it this morning. You
0: did finish it this morning? Okay, okay, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. it's the pitch, is, the pitch that the publisher is making is, it's like the Devil Wears Prada meets Get Out. And it's set in a big publishing office. It's about a The main character is a black woman who has been the only black woman in the office for a while, far Mm -hmm. too long. And then another black woman gets hired. She's the other black girl of the title. And there's like something sinister maybe about her. There's something off um, Mm -hmm. or like she has motivations that the main character doesn't trust. I think I mean it's a debut novel. It's big and fun. It's a really ambitious premise. I think it's a fun read. It's a I thought it was like a little bit maybe messy in how it quite hung together. Mm. She's trying to do a lot. I think it's I do think like this is a fun read. And I also think that there are I'm going to assume that there are things built into the story and like cultural references that I am not the audience for and that I might not have even picked up on um that Zakia Delilah Harris is particularly writing to black people, especially black women, who have had that moment or had that extended experience and mm. uh, of being the only black person in the office. And some of it was like cultural commentary that I was like, "Yes, this I I have observed white people do these things," and some mm. of them are things that um, I think probably are most relatable or only relatable to folks inside that community. It's a it, it is a fun read. It's not like like as you just said, this is the season of crowd pleasers I think it's going to be a crowd pleaser and if you know anybody who's adjacent to publishing or like finds this to be like kind of a glamorous world there's nothing like a novel that (laughs) that that shows you exactly how glamorous it isn't let
0: let me I did 18 (laughs) zoom calls with public for pressure over the late eight days let me disabuse you
1: right like younger is really fun to watch but it does make publishing look kind of glamorous and this will disabuse you of that notion but she takes on, like, publishing really does have a race problem, and she oh, takes that yeah, on in a way sure. that is both really sharp and really entertaining.
0: I think you sandbagged me by saying, I don't know about Other Black Girl. Have you read it? I really need to talk about it. You should read that. And then you're like, yeah, I'm just coming out hot and picking up the top of my list. Okay, you're fine. Never, no, no problem. No problem. You're never going to no know. Never going to know. You just have know. to wonder. Just hear just and know that that was mm-hmm. nothing but a red herring. Um... <laughs> All right, I had a couple of branching possibilities out here. I think I'm gonna. I don't want to zig or zag. Don't want to zig or zag. Um, my inclination is to is to stay on the summer reading vibe, okay. but I'm not going to do that because I'm so high on Brandon Taylor yes. that I think I need to pick Filthy Animals. Which at first, I was like, when you put it in here, I didn't, hadn't looked anything. I knew we had a new one out, but I am looked anything. I was like, short stories? I tend not to pick short stories. Short mm-hmm. stories just don't go wild. Like, unless it's, it's interpretive true. maladies, they don't tend to pick up. But this is linked short stories, which is meaningfully different, right? Because it, it mm-hmm. can hang together in a different kind of way. And this is 20-something creatives in the Midwest trying to figure their lives out. With I think it feels like all of the difficulty and clear, clear-eyedness um, and elegance that brandon taylor brought to real life and maybe stretching his wings a little bit you know inhabiting different points of view a little bit more and hopping around i really like link short stories like this where it takes place in a similar place in time and you know they have sometimes that you know one will appear in another i don't really know but i'm high enough on brandon taylor that i think if this is good which I have no, no reason to think it will be, he got a little bit shut out, got nominated for stuff last year mm-hmm. for real life. If this is good, I think we're award season series. I mean, his name yeah. is already out there. People are ready for it. We are ready for it in a way. We really re- we, we knew him from his writing at Lit Hub and other places online. So we knew. But I think now there's enough of a sort of... Uh, mindshare platform for this really to jump up a level if that happens. So that's why I'm picking Filthy Animals.
1: I to to am it. realizing that one of the side effects of having made the draft list is that I'm going to be excited
0: about all of these. Bangers. I know, I was going to say, it's like, <laughs> these are great picks. What genius, what What? what, what witch of magical taste is picking all of these bangers?
1: <laughs> and I'm like, yes, correct. Brandon Taylor should go high <laughs> on this list. Like, if he can't go high on my list, at least he's that's going right. high that's on right. yours. <laughs>
0: that's right. <laughs>
1: Uh yeah, I feel that way. Brandon Taylor has a great Substack where he does like literary oh, criticism and talks about art and it's wonderful. Cool. Um yeah, that's a good one. My next one, staying in juicy, fun summer fiction, is you're the just startup. Gonna, you
0: found a groove, and you're. Just I did. Gonna, I'm in. Pound I'm pounded. Okay. I'm in a
1: good place. The Startup Wife by Tamima mm. Anam, which is a novel about a, a young couple who are married and work in tech, and they build an app that replaces religious rituals, and it becomes like one of the. It blows up. It becomes one of the like biggest social media. St- sensations. Millions of people are using it and they're like creating their own sort of personalized rituals every day Mm -hmm. um that's so it's you know you got technology you've got like questions about human connection and what about the ways that humans have lived our lives for uh, i guess as long as we've had human history um can we disrupt with technology like what Mm -hmm. is actually persistent um i love a feminist bent on startup culture so i'm really excited about that I think it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Cool. Um, sidebar. Sure. She's kind of out on the Silicon Valley satire stuff. I've read some. Oh. I'm, it's been done. I don't know. I'm not sure. We need another take. Maybe this will be it. That maybe thing was like, oh, that's interesting. I was like, eh, I've read stuff. It's like, oh, it's Silicon Valley. There's an app. There's a thing, and it goes sideways. That was the only thing giving me pause. I was like, I wasn't personally kind of excited about it. Now that's my list. I'm not sure that would matter, but I feel like I hope. I hope it's great. It it might be great, but I feel like that kind of like genre is a little long. We're in like another. We need to be like in a new era of. I think tech platforms and Silicon Valley have been too important for it to be sort of funny satire stuff. I get. We need more dystopian.
1: well maybe yes yeah more dystopian and the newer era of it is that they're not all by like white dudes or white women who worked in in yeah
0: i I think that that's that's totally fair and maybe that will usher in a different sensibility because i'm I'm, i am feeling a little um i'm not you got to give me something else here okay um i need a thriller Mm -hmm. to round out my basket um I've got a couple choices I can go. This is one where I'm going to let the print run be my guide because print run don't lie. And I was coming down to Intimacies by Katie Kitamura or Razorblade Tears by S.A. Cosby, excuse me. Mm -hmm. And Razorblade Tears has 150,000 print run. Intimacies does not. So I'm going Razorblade Tears by S.A. Cosby for my thriller pick. I've had some lightness. I've had some tears. I've had some love. I've had some pathos. I need some thrills. I don't even know what this book is about. I know, Sa Cosby, you really like Blake Top Blacktop Wasteland. Mm-hmm. You said it might be a little um, uh, violent, scary for me. I believe it's a you. little,
1: yeah. It's over the O'Neill violence threshold. Yeah,
0: this is even just. I just looking at the blurbs. I think this is almost in the Brandon Taylor vibe of the first one. Kind of came out. We needed to get to know the book and author. Need to build ahead of steam. The the print run for, let's be honest, sounds like. On the literary side of genre, but still a genre thriller, mystery kind of a situation, that's a big print run for something Mm -hmm. like this. For a second novel that's not a name brand at this point, I feel like it has some heat here. So I'm going Razorblade Tears by S.A. Cosby for my next pick.
1: I've read that one, and it's good. Good job, Jeff.
0: Good job. Good job, (laughs) Rebecca, for picking things for me to pick.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I like this uh, print run research that you've done.
0: I mean, again, if you haven't read them, it gets you a little bit out of what I like. You know, just like Mm -hmm. what am I interested in myself? Um, And also here's the here's the other grain of salt print publishing doesn't know they're guessing right. like everyone <laughs> but in terms of they have to commit right like that's a financial mm-hmm. commitment that they really have to make also that usually means like th- we've talked about this This is how it snowballs right and i don't know what the chicken comes before the egg, but somewhere decides this is one of the books we're going to get behind and getting behind it means a big print run publicity and marketing and they all you, you usually don't have one without the other two it's not like you have a big marketing thing without a big print run. You're not going to do a big print run without the big marketing thing, and neither of those two things are you going to do without a publicity push. So, like, you either have all three of the triangle um, that is necessary for a success. Not su- success, It's not sufficient, but it's necessary to give something a chance to get that lift. And this says to me this has a chance to get that lift. And if they think it has a chance mm-hmm. to get that lift, they mean they think Blacktop Wasteland sold. It continues to sell pretty well, I think. We hear about it from time to time, and I see it around. And they're getting behind this book, and they're trying to make this this author yeah. and people a thing people come back to. So I'm I'm in I'm kind of falling in the coattails of I, I like this sophomore effort that has heat behind it, kind of a kind of a vibe. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm into this right I now. I
1: like that vibe too.
0: Yeah. All right, where are you going next? All
2: right, now I'm going to. Whoa,
0: big wait, 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 wait! Stop. Sponsor <gasps> break. Sponsor break.
2: Today's episode is brought to you by Underlined haven't read a Natasha Preston thriller yet. We dare you to try. She's known for her line of chilling young adult suspense novels like The Seller and The Fear. The New York Times and USA Today bestselling author excels at putting fear into the hearts of her readers. So her newest book titled The Dare is about five friends whose senior prank goes very, very wrong. This is the perfect graduation season read for thriller fans who can handle a good scare. The Dare is now available wherever books are sold. You can learn more about it at getunderlined.com so again this young adult thriller is about five friends with a prank that goes wrong there are dark secrets a twisty plot and creepy I know what you did last summer vibes so if you you know it's graduation season you want to revel in that but like make it scary you know what I mean pick up the dare by Natasha Preston and thanks again to Underline for sponsoring this episode <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by W.W. Norton and Company Incorporated. So, Negative Space by Jillian Linden follows a week in the life of an English teacher at a New York private school. At home, her children ask constant questions about mortality and her husband offers occasional counsel between Zoom calls. At school, something happens. She accidentally witnesses an ambiguous, possibly inappropriate interaction between a teacher and a student, but how can she be sure of what she saw? Negative space is a portrait of a woman caught between the pressures of what's normal and what isn't and examines what we owe the people who depend on us in a fractured and indifferent world. It's a debut novel and a short novel. It's perfect if you want something quick and easy to carry around, but it's also thought provoking. It takes place during the pandemic, but it's not pandemic focused and it really just looks at everyday anxieties in low threat situations that have high consequences. So make sure to check out Negative Space by Jillian Linden. And thanks again to W.W. Norton and Company Incorporated for sponsoring this episode.
0: All right. Okay, now you can okay. Proceed.
2: All right. Now
1: I'm going to my big summer feels with thanks for waiting. <sighs> Damn it. ha ha ha. A memoir by Dori Shafrier. Yeah. She is formerly of BuzzFeed. She wrote a novel about startup culture, and now she is yeah. one of the co-hosts of the Forever 35 podcast. Which you are
0: horribly biased for because you listen to that every time, right? You listen to this regularly, right?
1: Uh, I listened to it super regularly for a while and now oh, I'm sort okay. of in and out. Right, um, right. I'm ha- like I am in a deep love affair with Ezra Klein right now.
0: Oh, OK. <laughs> um, Those are long, too, right? Those are like they super are. Long, yeah.
1: It, yeah. My podcast listening time is limited, so I tend to be like a little serial monogamist mm. about it. Um, but anyway, this is a memoir basically about being a late bloomer. Um she writes about being in her like late 20s before she really figured out her career, being in her mid to late 30s before she really settled on the idea of wanting to find a partner to spend her life with and then she was, you know, at her, I think almost 40 when she got married and then they had a child in her 40s. And the so that's the thread running through this memoir, but it's so I think just also very like raw and vulnerable and really talks about just that struggle of like not being in the same place that you see all of the people around you are in and how, what that can feel like, especially what it felt like to her to be, to have that be just sort of like the narrative of her life was that she was always a couple of steps, like got to the thing later um, Mm. than everybody else did. And she writes about how she came to understand herself and also that now she can understand this as kind of a gift, that it that she has taken time to know who she is before she gets on a treadmill or gets on a trajectory for life that seems set. I found it to be really wise. She has a lot of compassion for herself, and I think that encourages a lot of compassion for readers to have for themselves. And she just, you know tells the kinds of stories about like mistakes that you make in your 20s and early 30s that it's validating to know that other people have made those as well. Um, in the back, I mean, maybe like 20%, the la- like the last 20% of the book, she writes a lot about um, her experience. She and her husband dealt with infertility for several years. Mm. So I want to like flag that um, if you have difficulty reading about that you might want to have a heads up. I think she does a really beautiful job writing about it. Um, and she and her husband Matt Myra hosted a podcast through that whole experience together. Like every week, they sat down together and talked about what it was like. Um, the show is called Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I,
0: you know, there are many things I would like to do with my partner. That is way down. I most. cannot. I cannot imagine, imagine doing. That.
1: I can't imagine like sitting down with Bob every week and recording a live show where we talk about our shit. Like, I think it's so brave, and there's a lot of brave stuff in the memoir it's a great read I don't know like it's, it's like it's, being
0: an emotional nudist like I don't know how you do that all the time like that is wild stuff it is the
1: the book is really wonderful and I think she pulls off that trick of talking about hard things but it feels like a breezy summer mm-hmm. read um so that's thanks for waiting by Dory Shafrir
0: that's a good one I'm gonna go kind of in the same vein as Dolly Parton says in uh, Steel mm-hmm. Magnolias laughter through tears is my favorite emotion I also need yes. an audiobook I need I need something I feel like is going to be good on audio for my road trips, everything going else. So I'm going The Ugly Cry by Daniel Henderson. Daniel Henderson, writer, TV writer, podcast host, nerdy person, really mm-hmm. funny. This looks like it's going to be a self-aware, un- un <laughs> uh, undressing, uh, uh re- revealing of her own childhood growing up raised by her grandmother after her parent- her mother abandoned her to live with her abusive boyfriend. She grew up one of the few black kids in an upstate New York neighborhood. Um, and has become, as she says, an odd person. I've <laughs> This is my flavor of odd person. I really like yeah. everything Danielle Henderson has done. She you, you may know she created feminist Ryan Gosling as one of her joints. She wrote for several TV shows that I cannot think of right now off the top of my head, and I had notes here somewhere. Oh, one I of them was remember.
1: the Megan Abbott cheerleader adaptation was, on was USA. That, uh,
0: yeah, what was that? She also wrote wrote for Difficult People. Yes. Oh, and she wrote for Maniac, which was that mm-hmm. Jonah Hill, yeah. the Stone. An odd yep. thing that I really liked. By I the way, I did really like that yeah. one too. That's our that's our flavor of mess. We never talked about <laughs> that, but I can I'm not surprised that you liked it as well. Um, I and again, memoir on audio. This is it. This is what you want in audio. And I think Daniel Henderson is enough of a performer and enough of a, an authentic sort of voice mm-hmm. that you're going to get more than you bargain for with what she's going to do there. I'm really looking forward to this one. Um, do you do galleys on audio? I haven't gotten into the volumes thing, Libro thing that some of our I, contributors do. I haven't. If I were going to do it, I'd do it for. This, but I haven't done this stuff. Ever.
1: I have. I do it through Libro, through whatever yeah. they have. But um, I read this uh, a couple mm. weeks ago, and it is great.
0: <laughs> okay. Turns out, funny.
1: weird. <laughs> Turns out, I mean, I, I, I can't. I'm, help I it. can't
0: wait to pick the one where like I read that th- a couple of weeks ago, and that was a total turd fest. Gotcha.
1: <laughs> I am not going to say that.
0: Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> strong pick
1: <laughs> we don't poo poo the things here no that's true that's podcast. we
0: don't do that we don't do that just lay traps for Jeff and hopes he falls yeah into she the is a bit.
1: Daniel Henderson is so she is so smart she's and so great funny. and I it's
0: she hasn't had a book out in a while because she's been writing TV um mm-hmm. and she has a podcast and I think a newsletter that might be a sub stack that I, so she's kind of fallen out of my or you know I've moved away from wherever she was living, and so I, when I saw this, I was so thrilled um, that I'm gonna get to do my favorite audiobook thing and do a memoir by someone who's funny and, and open at the same time.
1: Yeah, here's one I'm going to be listening to mm. on audio that I, I haven't read or listened to yet, Miseducated, yeah. a new memoir by Brandon Fleming. Um, this is as close as I get to a like, wow, the power of books story. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we've been doing this a long time. I know. I'm books are J- books Jayman. are great,
0: but they're not magic. We get it. I, we know. We're, this is where we are.
1: Yeah, so this is... Um, Brandon P. Fleming is writing about the transformation that he was able to make from um, being a school dropout who had a drug addiction into being an award-winning Harvard educator by the age of 27, all through literature and... Mm. Debate. He suffered a career-ending injury when he was playing sports at a Division I school. He dropped out of college. He had a really hard job after that and became depressed and then had a drug addiction. And when he returned to college, he was just like, bound and determined to reinvent himself, mm-hmm. like do it right this time. So he dives into, wait for it, Jeff, the black thinkers of the Harlem Renaissance. <laughs> I cannot believe you didn't take this one earlier just to keep me from taking
0: it. I don't see look, I don't have to do with a book like that because like are there people? I mean, I why everyone should read that, but I'm like, now I'm all in my feels about like I everyone is not like me because I'm a weird dude myself. So, <laughs> it's it's hard to know. Yeah, I I, I I I was circling that. one. I mean, it's on my list, but it was yeah. it was down a little bit. I'm putting further. this in
1: my basket cuz I I think it's one that everyone should read and i do some of that with my basket here you know like it's it's not all crowd pleasers some of it is you're gonna like this you just don't know it yet
0: Mm -hmm. okay yeah that's that's a good one i think i went i was kind of between that and ugly cry for the memoir and i went a little bit more funny i Mm wanted a little bit more Mm -hmm. funny just to to put in the basket but i'm I'm definitely going to be reading that for sure all right, where am I on my board? I'm all the way around here. I, I've got my thriller is still on the board.
1: Oh yeah, we're halfway. We've gotten five I've rounds. Got a
0: couple more to do here. I got another memo. I got a couple more memoirs. You know, I think, I think I'm going to go ahead and pick up my other thriller my, okay. th- that I had on my pick. I'm going to pick up *Enemy Seas* by Katie Kitamura. This is another one I don't know much about, um, but I knew her her first book did very well. It had a real It had like a like a New York kind of reader uh moment, mm-hmm. didn't it? And when, when people were out Instagramming things in their tote bags with uh It and, and it had one of those covers meant. Like we've seen covers like this before, mm-hmm. like a separation, had a very like bold it almost looked like fire, I guess, um kind of a pick. But this one I don't happen to know much about. I really like the separation. I tend to not to do too many thrillers. This one doesn't come out until later in the um in the fall, or excuse me, in the summer like late July, which I always wonder uh about, but I like I know the only it's set in the Hague, but I like international stuff. Mm. So I don't really know what's going on there, but I think she's an interpreter or something and so th- I like that in between you're around the halls of power, but you're not like the director of the CIA. I always like that in a thriller kind of a thing. So you have to explore the thing and you have, you might get some privileged knowledge because someone said to some, someone said something in Turkish. You didn't think they understood that you understood, but you actually did. I'm not really sure, but I'm I'm a little bit on the, on the, on the, on the strength of her previous thing. And people really seem to like her. Like she seems to have a following. It's a riverhead book, which they're really mm-hmm. good at marketing this kind of stuff to the right people. That's true. Um, Also, this is a weird thing to say It's got this bright fuchsia color vibe That I haven't seen on a book in a while And I wonder if that's going to make it pop As people are trying to show off What books they're reading on Instagram uh, Over the summer So Katie Kitamura I'm going to be reading this for sure Because it sounds like a thriller But not too scary It's got a little political stuff Maybe a little love interest I'm not sure But I don't know too much about it But I kind of like that in a thriller Where I don't know too much about it So that's my next pick Intimacies by Katie Kitamura
1: all right, I'm gonna go for short stories. I wonder for my next I, one.
0: I, that one is this is a this is I think the most specific pick I've seen on here. I would I'm surprised to see this, but also I know you like short stories. Tell me about this.
1: Yeah, one. okay, so I'm picking After Parties by Anthony yeah. so, uh, who is writing about Cambodian American life, uh, also through the lens of queer and immigrant communities. Mm. And I think that often short stories like get sort of. Pigeonholed for good reason as yes. being like it's all, you know, and the theme master thesis.
0: Right. White yeah, guys. Right.
1: Yeah. Um and this has like th- the cover looks like a party. It's hot pink. <laughs> there are people like laying in the back of a truck smoking and hanging out. It looks like summer at the beach and looks like a good time. Also that will you know, do that thing that good short stories do where they can go very quickly and incisively to questions about difficult things like race and sexuality and friendship and family. And I'm really stoked to see folks who aren't MFA toting white guys Mm -hmm. get, you know, get book deals to do short story collections. I've gotten a lot of publicity in my inbox Mm. from this. It's coming from Echo, which is a HarperCollins imprint that also does like smart marketing and really good, interesting fiction. And I think they could position this like there's a ceiling on the audience for short stories, kind of no matter what. But I think they... Echo could position this to be about as big as a short story collection. Could be Roxane Gay picked it for her book club. Like, I I feel like I'm in good company here, and mm-hmm. I'm excited about this one.
0: Okay. Now I gotta avoid the honey pots. We're down to the honeypot <laughs> part of the there's several bombs. I'm look, I'm just telling you, I'm not picking Americana, an unexpected history of the US and 13 best-selling books. I see you. I see what you're doing. <laughs> But I'm not picking it. I'm not doing it.
1: I admire your restraint.
0: I'm not doing it. I will, on the other hand, go for an obvious, another obvious honeypot. I will fall on this because I'm going to read this. I didn't know it existed. And here we go. <laughs> the Appalachian Trail of Biography. <laughs> Are you really taking that? I on? am. I really am. I have to. I put
1: that on the list because I was like... Well, Jeff's gonna think I'm taking that one. I,
0: I don't know. I I can't. I have to take it.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, Jeff! I love you extra. <laughs> I, I have it. to
0: take it. <laughs> so I, I, it's it's on the tin. It's a biography of the Appalachian Trail. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love this stuff. I this is great stuff. Now you're outdoorsy and you live close to it, so I I yeah. wondered if you were gonna pick it, and I was like maybe she will it was a little bit of like you know the vizzini versus the man in black like it's not Uh in your cup but it's my little one of those i need a history i want something that's nature outdoors time for outdoors time it didn't look these can be it looks good it looks good it's not too long 272 pages um so that's key for a situation like this like I'm, I you worry you see something like this and it's gonna be like the five hundred page exhaustive mm, thing and they've mm-hmm. got all like the survey data from eighteen ninety stuff like you don't want that um i'm just it's a character driven biography, so I'm not sure about that i, I if i- i'd be i it would be how, how i heard my draft board if I had any sense that it was gonna be fun is it gonna be entertaining yeah, is it like i don't know Sarah Vowel kind of a thing <sighs> oh, or oh my is gosh. it gonna be I don't want to name names, but like, you know what we're talking about here. Uh-huh. You know, you know what I'm talking about here. But I like this kind of a story. It mixes nature and history, a little bit of science, a little bit of adventure. He worked in public I'm radio so and state delighted. government. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't a honeypot,
1: but I'm glad to let it be one.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm picking anyway, but there's a reason it's like number eight for Me at this uh, point, so um, I didn't say this dude's name's Philip Dianeri, I believe it's the Appalachian mm-hmm. Trail biography, comes out June 8th. Um, I don't know, I'm sorry, I, I, I am who I am. I <laughs> am
1: when you can read it with like an informed backstory from your old beloved Bill Bryson,
0: yeah, right. I have some, it's not the first book I've read about. Him. <laughs>
2: We just,
1: we just, we are who we are. We man. are who we are.
0: People read things, Rebecca. <laughs>
1: People read things. <laughs> uh, right. I look forward to your take on the Appalachian trip. Yeah, right.
0: All right, go for it. What do right. we? What I pick think, are we on now? I picked one. I think two, that three, was four. seven. I think I picked six at this point.
1: Oh so wait, I I've missed picked one? six. I think that was seven.
0: All right, I must not it? have highlighted one. I'll uh, have to go back and look at it. Okay. okay.
1: Um, yeah, I think that was seven. All right. I think it's time for me to do oh, yeah. a thriller. Do All right. So I'm picking Turnout, The Turnout by Megan Abbott. Mm-hmm. It's about two sisters who inherited their mother's ballet school hmm. and in the months right before the annual nutcracker performance when everything's like heating up and getting just bonkers at the ballet school things start to go awry there's a tragic accident and a contractor comes to help them repair what has gone wrong and he may not be who he seems and other people are not who they seem and everyone has secrets and Megan Abbott does what she does so well, which is like look at womanhood and sexuality and power dynamics and family dynamics and all the kinds of things that people keep from each other. And then when you think you have figured it out and that she has revealed a thing, there is another thing to be revealed like Mm -hmm. I am infamously terrible at guessing how mysteries are going to end (laughs) (laughs) just bad I am just bad at it and so I don't even try with Megan Abbott but it's like well there's going to be at least two things that I'm wrong about (laughs) in the Megan Abbott
0: book and
1: this one is all kinds of tangly I read it a couple weekends ago and I really liked it and I think it has the like the thrillery kind of feeling that I want on like a really kind of sultry feeling summer day Mm -hmm. where like it's sweaty and weird weird shit's happening man (laughs) (laughs) Megan Abbott delivers on that and I'm kind of banking maybe I'm overconfident but I think the success of um the USA adaptation for *Dare Me*, which is the um, the one that's set in the world of high school cheerleading, um, it did really well on Netflix and it, like got a big Netflix boost. And I maybe you know she'll get some more recognition. She's been one of those like great thriller writers who has been, I think, a little under the like big mainstream mm-hmm. radar for too long. I'm ready for like Megan Abbott should have had a big public breakout. Like four books ago, maybe this will be the one so
0: what's the what's the what's the career trajectory like who's her comp that 's up a notch or two in mindshare that you're thinking of I, i'm, I'm oh, that's curious. interesting like who who is is she i don't even know in terms of sales I mean Jane Harper probably outsells her at this point
1: yeah yeah, and I think she's doing she and Jane Harper are trying to do different no, things. no i'm just in terms of profile yeah. though like mm. That's a good I question. Don't know. Yeah. I think I want to see her in. Hmm. I'm gonna have to ponder that because
0: she's like. I, I mean, want Gillian Megan... Flynn doesn't write books anymore, but like that's the right. glow up version of yeah. Megan Abbott's. That, career, that's right? exactly
1: Yeah, that's right. That's what it is. Like I think that cool. Megan Abbott is an equally good, if not better, writer than mm-hmm. Gillian Flynn, and does the she's been doing the same kinds of like noir, yeah. really sharp takes that incorporate cultural commentary and societal kinds of questions since before Gillian Flynn was writing yeah. and look, I love Gillian Flynn. So no knocks on her, but Megan Abbott should be as famous as Gillian Flynn. That's right. all I'm saying.
0: Is Gill- I mean, Gillian Flynn's writing TV now. Like I think she's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to maybe I'm sure she has a manuscript somewhere working on something, but like this happens in peak TV. I mean, with Daniel Henderson, we we're talking about too. There's so yeah. many writing opportunities that pay. I, they must pay better right? They have to, I mean, mm-hmm. again, until you're like super, super, well, Gillian Flynn made enough money. But anyway, you get what I'm saying. It's like, there's a lot of juice that's just different than sitting by yourself writing a book and right. having it come out every five years. Um, I, There's not as much pop sigh on here as I would pick myself, as you know, Um, <laughs> but I'm going to go the closest thing. Michael Pollan sells books. Mm-hmm. He just does. He writes really good books. I think his trajectory is hilarious because I think... <laughs> We're starting Truly. out with the Omnivore's Dilemma, right, where it's I'll eat anything. I think his eventual state is he'll only do drugs. No food, just drugs from Michael well, Pollan.
1: I mean, in fairness, the drugs he's advocating for are plant-based.
0: I'm just saying, plant-based drugs. Because the last one was How to Change Your Mind was like psilocybin and mushrooms. This one is mm-hmm. focuses on three drugs, opium, caffeine, and mescaline. Um, And does the Michael Pollan thing to it. And I'm in. People like Mm -hmm. this. I can't expect this will be anything outside of the bounds of your expected average return on a Michael Pollan book. But that's a pretty good expected average return writ large. This is also kind of a history of the mind in three drugs is how I would subtitle this if I were writing it and marketing (laughs) it to me. (laughs) So I'm into that. Not my first (laughs) book about caffeine I've read. So anyway, there I am with that. Um. Not but, my
1: first book about caffeine. First, there are like four people in the world who can you know, say that
0: sentence. Actually, not even my third book about caffeine. Uh, oh well, there's history of the world in six cups and the caffeine culture. Anyway, we can we can do our mm-hmm. um, podcast about the five best <laughs> books about caffeine later. Uh, but, you know, this. it looks beautiful. There is the kinds of people who buy books and like independent bookstore people who buy books about food, and being by Uh this book.
1: That is right.
0: And so This Is Your Mind on Plants by Michael Pollan, also a good narrator. Um, I have not actually listened to his audio-only caffeine, How Coffee and Tea Made the Modern World, but I'm putting that on my Mm. audio. Actually, if that's audible only, I can't Do you have to listen
1: to it? Do you have to listen to it on 2X? Yeah,
0: probably. (laughs) Um, Not a huge... I'm not super interested in drugs writ large, but he...
2: When she drinks, she's bold and funny, and as pledging intensifies, so does Blake's drinking. Ella assures her that she's fine, partying hard is what it takes, but with her future on the line, Blake must decide how far she's willing to go to achieve glittering dreams of success. Now, just so you know, Jazz Hammonds is the 2023 winner of the Critics' Scott King John Steptoe Award for new talent for We Deserve Monuments, and We Deserve Monuments was an Amazon Best Books of the Year and Barnes & Noble Best Books of the Year for 2023. So suffice to say, y'all should check this new one out. Thanks again to Thirsty by Jazz Hammonds for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Penguin Young Readers. So this book I'm about to tell you about is giving five worlds meets spirited away realness. It's about a girl fighting her way back home after getting trapped in the spirit world. It follows Anzu who has moved to a new town during Oban, a time for families to remember and celebrate their ancestors. And ever since her Albachan died, Oban has lost its magic. She doesn't feel much like celebrating anymore. So while avoiding holiday festivities, Anzu spots a stray dog down the street, a dog that seems to be staring right at her. So when she chases it, she slips and falls down a bridge, losing consciousness. And when she awakes, she's in the Shinto underworld known as Yomi. The stray dog, she finds out, is actually the gatekeeper of Yomi and he warns her to return to the human realm before it's too late. Like I said, Miyazaki realness, Um, I'm super excited for this so make sure to pick up Anzu in the Realm of Darkness by Mai K Nguyen and thanks again to Penguin Young Readers for sponsoring this episode
0: Does cultural histories combined with neuroscience I get a little bit of everything and it sounds like some Mm -hmm. participatory journalism which is Michael Pollan going to get high Um, but yeah Michael Pollan (laughs) This Is Your Mind on Plants is my pick for that one (laughs) We've got to right. do one last sponsor guess- break. we got to get one last one and we can wrap up. Um, so let's do that. Okay. Where are you going?
1: Staying in in that similar vein, because I was hoping to snag the pollen, mm. is um, Alice? Alice Waters. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm, Alice Waters, we are what we eat, a slow food manifesto. Alice Waters, quietly radical in the way that like she invented the farm-to-table movement, but she's so focused on just doing mm. the work that... She hasn't done a good enough PR job for herself. And I hope that this book will get a lot of publicity and bring her a lot of recognition. Because I think in the food world, like if you're a person who cares about food or reads about food, you know of Alice Waters. But more people need to know Mm. of Alice Waters. What she did is truly groundbreaking. And um, I'm excited to read her manifesto. Also, it's pretty gutsy to put the word manifesto (laughs) on the title. (laughs) of your book but she does this beautiful thing about like that food expresses all kinds of our values and what it means to grow food to like support community farms to know where all of your food comes from and to think about the ethics of eating in a way that I think is actually something that people can attempt to execute like it's more personally doable than a lot of the like Well, we need to solve the problem of like, you know, all of the carbon emissions from the whole beef industry. Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) you as an individual can make choices that if a bunch of us as individuals make the same choice, we can impact the thing. And Alice Waters is really talking about like, here's what you as an individual can do that you will maybe be able to see an immediate impact. You'll feel more connected to your food. And that's a way that I like to think about what food means to us. So I like. I also like quietly radical. She's a little sneaky, and sometimes that's what you need to get the thing done.
0: Yeah, I mean the 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 practitioner zealot. Right? There's something to be said. Mm -hmm. There's something to be said for that for sure. Um, In the history of people saying manifesto on their thing, how many have succeeded in actually being like? (laughs) It's like the Communist Manifesto, and then it's like a bunch of also rants. What's the next most famous thing called a manifesto?
1: A history of uprisings in four (laughs) manifestos. (laughs)
0: A History of Narcissism and 20 Failed Manifestos. (laughs) Right. (laughs) No, I mean, if anyone, if anyone, I'm I'm less concerned about narcissism in Manifesto, it's Alice Water. She probably had to be talked into calling it a manifesto.
1: (laughs) She probably had to be talked into writing the book in the first place.
0: Well, she'll write a book. She's got plenty of books. Um, Anyway, uh, I'm going, hmm, Hard Looks. Oh, Hard, but you got to go. How the word is passed by Clint Smith, mm-hmm. A Reckoning with the History of Slavery Across America. Basically, through the lens of key physical places, Monticello, Whitney Plantation, and some other places tells the story of slavery and its continuing legacy in America and how it still shows up and how neighborhoods are put together, how holidays are put together, how down you know how how it remains um a living eminent relic of a bygone era but still is embedded in how we live how black people live and how black people and white people experience and see the world comes out june 1st you know we need a bunch we needed more of these in the future we're getting more of them and we need more of them um also Mm -hmm. a poet (laughs) yes which adds something to everything but I think we're going to be looking at a different kind of examination. This comes out from Little Brown, 350 pages. So a nice, you know, a nice size there. Really good pre-reviews comes out real soon. Um, Mm -hmm. Staff writer at The Atlantic. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. All into this. Um, It's it's a good pick. Yeah. My, uh, yeah,
1: my entry into hard looks and mm-hmm. like we were saving these for the end, not right. because they're not important, but because they're challenging. They're challenging, And we knew we had a
0: few to choose from. Right. So yeah, there's a few here. Yeah.
1: Is um, the second by Carol Anderson, which big print run. Cause I remember that we talked about it when we did a deals, deals, deals mm-hmm. episode, but race and guns in a fatally unequal America. Um, and after the last year, especially that we've had and the spring that we had of gun violence and mass shootings here, especially coming out of um, coming out of COVID, but also just the ways that guns are used by white people on black people in our civilian lives and by white cops on black people in those kinds of interactions that this needs a look. America's relationship mm-hmm. to guns needs a an examination uh, and this is a big look at the second amendment and the I think vast distance that exists between maybe the original intent of the second amendment and the way that it is embodied today um, when it was encoded into law in the 17th century that enslaved people could not own firearms and um, there are still disproportionate levels of access to like the right to bear arms and how people are able to access that. Right. is very disproportionate still. And there's a race based component that's not small of that. And she is going into that. I can't say I'm excited about reading yeah, this one, yeah. but I know that I need to read it.
0: Do the work man. And right. Yeah. Do we the got work
1: a, Yeah. It's a do the work pick. Um, she's a wonderful historian. I trust her. This is one of those we should all read.
0: I'm going high risk, high reward. My next pick Um, started out as something I included kind of for a laugh to get you to laugh on a deals, deals, deals episode. I got turned around uh, with a Jenny awful blurb.
1: Oh, I was (laughs) going to pick this one.
0: (laughs) I'm going night bitch by Rachel Yoder (laughs) in which an ambitious mother stays, decides to give up her career, stay home with her newborn son and and starts to turn into a dog. (laughs) And in reading some of the reviews, some of the jacket copy, I'm feeling like we're looking at a cross-the-metamorphosis with domestic fiction vibe mm-hmm. going here. Which could be really cool and amazing, kind of in um, in the vein of like uh, Alyssa Nutting kind of vibe right here, where it's yeah. it's disturbing and uncomfortable, but also super, super compelling and meaningful. Or it could just be a weird grotesque a gargoyle of a novel it could go either way it could go all the ways in the middle my expected average return is probably below pick but i think there's also there is a there is a chance on the upper end of the distribution probability curve of this that it has a moment right that mm-hmm. people talk about it and it becomes a thing so that comes out july 20th It's also short um, which is good for this sort of really high concept almost this kind of a thing is the kind of thing you'd see in a short story Right, almost yeah. kind of this idea. So it's expanded out. So you got to do a little bit more with it. Could be tricky, but if done well, it could get some heat and get some people talking. Because we talked about it. We've been talking about it. We're still talking about it now. Other people mm-hmm. are not that different than us, except the ones that are and maybe we could have something here. So that's what I'm going with. What do you think about that? You were going to pick it too. Similar reason or anything I was going to pick it there? too.
1: I was going to pick it, but the Jenny Awful blurb turned me around yeah, also. Right. And I had it in the category of like, we're on the ninth round, yes. and my designation for it was Weirdo Litfic.
0: Weirdo Litfic. Sometimes need- you get one. Sometimes, Sometimes
1: you get, get one. one, and it looks like a good contender. Right. I'm going to read it.
0: I think I um, will. Maybe we should do a mini thing about because then we really followed it from deals, deals, deals to publication. We haven't done one of those. Now we've had it all along the Watchtower. It's kind of funny to see.
1: That would we'll be take fun. a look
0: at it. Uh, anyway, all right. Um, what are you up?
1: All right. I'm staying in the realm of doing my homework, but also also like Ben Rhodes is good for your soul. Mm. So this is after the fall, being American in the world we've made. Um, his previous memoir the world as it is is my favorite of all the obama staffer memoirs which yeah. is saying something because i Cause read, read approximately 25 of them, of them. <laughs> right
0: yeah you're down to like the deputy director of uh, you know whatever
1: and this is about not just why is our democracy threatened but why is democracy threatened around the world and in 2017 after he um, was finishing his work with Barack Obama and beginning to you know start a new chapter. Ben Rhodes was like, what is happening in the world? And so he spent three years traveling to dozens of countries and he was meeting with politicians and activists and all kinds of folks fighting on the front lines that are dealing with their versions of what we were dealing with here. Questions about nationalism and authoritarianism and disinformation and technology. And this is a Big, ambitious Mm. book that is part memoir and part his reporting about this, and aims to provide some historical context as well, and like, and how do we keep going? And this is a question that is very pressing. Um, So I'm not anticipating Ben Rhodes to have like you know delivered a clear answer
0: (laughs) with a checklist (laughs) that we can
1: follow. Although if he's got that, I'm into it. I trust Ben Rhodes. Um, But as I'm doing my own. I am finding that coming out of COVID and now having had several months to recover from the election, I really want to be doing my own thinking and sort of catch up homework about like, where are we and how are we going to go? forward and not relive, like not make some of the same mistakes as a country that we have been making. And I think that I trust Ben Rhodes to ask the kinds of questions that I want to ask and to make me look at some of the things that I want to look at. So I'm assigning Ben Rhodes and Carol Anderson to everyone for summer reading.
0: You know, I like... Um, Here's someone with a job, and you see the world through their eyes. I'm going Committed Mm -hmm. by Adam Stern, um, Dispatches from a Psychiatrist in Training. It's a memoir coming out in July. It says, what it's on the tin. It's a memoir about being trained as a psychiatrist. And it sounds like it's not an expose kind of a thing. It's really a day in the life of, life in the life of, look Mm -hmm. at what it means to become a psychiatrist and what you have to deal with. The pros, cons, the ups, and downs, the limitations and possibilities of this this profession that is between between scientist and sociologist, between doctor and friend, between counsellor and clinician um I think it's a fascinating area to look at and. Sooner or later, most of us are going to deal with a psychiatrist for someone we care about, or for ourselves as we get older. Or we just experience a life, and it's it's less, it's it's a lot less. When you think about how many like straight up doctor shows, movies, and everything we've ever gotten, and then we get then we get the so we get all those we get all the Grey's Anatomies, the ER, Chicago Hopes. Like we all, many of us could walk into an E an ER and fake it, kind of like Leo mm-hmm. does in Catch Me If You Can, right? Like you kind of know the thing. What a psychiatrist does, what they do on a daily basis, I think, is not out there in the culture as much. I was thinking about, and a psychologist is something different, a therapist is something different, even still, but the role of the psychiatrist, I think, is maybe a little under, underrepresented, under underappreciated, mm-hmm. undermined for this kind of material. So I think this is, you know, has a chance to be kind of, uh, for this kind of a book you know usually again i've read four books about caffeine not one about being a psychiatrist so there you go i think that's telling in some am i wrong or maybe i've missed a bunch of these
1: no i think i think you're right um also that was 11 so we're giving we're on a bonus round now i
0: see i was like what are we doing here so our last <laughs> one I, I was like i thought we were already done so i got my i got my 11 we picks. were
1: it was this is yeah. a this is this one's, this one's free right. um i'm Rounding out, this is one I'm really looking forward to and that I hope will be widely read, is Dear Centhorin, a yeah. Black Spirit Memoir by Equica Emezi. Um, you probably recognize their name from books like The Death of Vivek Oji. they had three really big works of fiction so far, very popular, and this is a memoir that is... Here, Well, it's written in letters through candid, intimate correspondence with friends, lovers and family, tracing the unfolding of a self and the unforgettable journey of a creative spirit stepping into the power in the human world, um, weaving transformative decisions about gender and their own body with their experience and path as a writer and also personal relationships and the producing of a book about it. Um, mm-hmm. I think memoir and letters is a thing I would read from now until kingdom come. And they're, they're not done that often. I'm really looking forward to dipping into that format. And I'm really just interested in Equica Emezi's life and yeah. what they have to say.
0: I'm super high on their trajectory career to this point. The only thing that, that the thing that prevented me from making it a topic for me is i don't have a good mental model of what this reading experience is going to be like are these actual letters that were passed back and forth
1: mm yeah i don't know like
0: or or are these ima- like, i just there's a little too much ambiguity for me to i just didn't know what i was buying here like you know mm-hmm. but i think it sounds really interesting and i'm certainly going to give it a shot but in terms of a basket putting into the basket i'm not exactly sure what what the ingredients and really looks I'm, like here that was my only my only pause for this. Yeah, I'm
1: assuming I circled it's it for sure. in letters in that same, like in the ta Coates way of doing a, a memoir yeah, in letters. Right. But I, that's just an assumption.
0: Mm-hmm. Because so this is these... correspondence, which
1: yeah, right.
0: implies a back and forth, right? I mean, it's, there, yeah. it's not and just correspondence, it's co cu-
1: I'm curious enough now also about the format of it yeah. that I want to have it in my hot little hands yeah
0: and that it's not a ding it's just in terms of like picking it i wanted Mm -hmm. a little bit more sense of what the reading experience itself uh is going to be like but it's certainly i think you know this book is going to be talked about all year um for sure i I think yeah there 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 is not just a name to watch but they have arrived as someone i think so yeah it's just on the on the scene all right those are our picks do you want to run down your (laughs) 11 that you chose (laughs) here and just sort of give us a recap
1: yes Right. These might not be in order because my That's notes fine. are weird. Yeah. I got Malibu Rising by Taylor Jenkins Reid, right. The you. Other Check Black Girl,
0: uh-huh.
1: Startup Wife, yeah. After the Fall, The Turnout, Thanks for Waiting, uh-huh. The Second, Miseducated, After Parties, We Are What We Eat, and Dear Senthren.
0: Okay. And mine are, and these are just in order of the list, how the word is passed, some, uh, How the Word is Passed by Clint Smith, Somebody's mm-hmm. Daughter by Ashley Ford, One Last Stop by Casey McQuiston, um, da, 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 The Appalachian Trail on Biography <laughs> by okay. Philip Denary, The Ugly Cry Memoir by Danielle Henderson, uh, Filthy Animals by Brandon Taylor, This Is Your Mind on Plants by Michael Pollan, Committed by Adam Stern, Intimacies by Katie Kitamura, <laughs> and last but, well, maybe least, we'll find out, Night Bitch. <laughs> By Rachel Yoder
1: oh I'm just still way back at being delighted that you're taking the Appalachian Trail <laughs> constantly surprising me Jeff O'Neill
0: are you really that surprised think of the most boring book on the list of course <laughs> I'm gonna pick it
1: well I knew that you wouldn't take Americanon because just to spite me
0: yes mission <laughs> accomplished you can vote podcast at BookRiot.com. Um You should let him
1: know that voting for me is not a sympathy vote.
0: That's right. It's uh, wrong, but it's not a sympathy (laughs) vote. Uh, The winner gets the chance to be magnanimous, and the loser (laughs) earns the right to be a sullen wreck of a person. You know,
1: I'm just realizing what an act of trust it is that I don't double check our inbox when we're taking votes like this.
0: It sounds like me, right? Doesn't (laughs) it? You just to, to completely misrepresent <laughs> what our readers are telling us. In something where everyone in the company has the credentials to check. Jason Bourne, I am not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Then what's, what's next on our bonus slate here? This one's coming out the 19th, so it's actually not coming out oh, for a while. Yeah.
1: Next on the bonus slate is best books of the year so far, <sighs> I believe, in early-ish June. Yeah. And then... And then Field of Dreams. My I don't friend. think I
0: have a pick right now. I don't think I have one that I'm like this has to be on my list. Does something strike you? Do you have one? You I'm going to have to.
1: You, I'm going to have you know, to go into my spreadsheets because those are our personal best books of the year yes, so far. Yes, right? yes, yeah. yes, yes. And
0: we, we might do a we might do a round of or a couple picks of the ones that are have made have broken out in mm-hmm. some way or the other. We could do sort of where are we? Yeah, I don't have one of those at the time Ed, either. Um, Anyway, Rebecca, thanks so much, Fun as this always. I uh, talk to you next time. Good luck
1: to you) <laughs>